From Portland, it's the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This week, the team recaps a historic ice and snowstorm. From power outages to trouble on the roads, they'll break down this memorable week in weather. Now here they are, Brian McMillan, Mark Nelson, Jeff Forgeron, and Ann Campolongo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 18, and we come to you about a week after our last episode. And you guys, a lot has happened in a week, hasn't it? Oh, it sure sure. has. Yeah, I'm meteorologist Brian McMillan, uh, (laughs) alongside meteorologist Jeff Forgeron, meteorologist Ann Campolongo, and chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. All right, you guys ready to recap this big storm? Sure am. Let's go. All right, let's get to our local headlines. The news headlines are next. Here's what's happening right now. Well, like I said, a lot has happened in the past week. We had three rounds of snow and ice. We had trees down, power outages, all sorts of stuff to talk about here. Let's get right to it. And Mark, last week, it was Wednesday when we did our podcast. We knew something was coming on Thursday night and then perhaps again on Friday night and then maybe possibly on Sunday evening as well. And so we were right about all three of them. Let's start with that first wave. What happened on, let's see here, Thursday night? Well, I want to back up even farther, Brian. I mean, I just looked at the weather blog, the postings, just to see, like, how did this progress? Because it's such a blur, right, for all four of us. And I looked back to that Sunday before. And so within two days of that event, we started giving some snow totals. I remember on Tuesday then we said, hey, we think we could see 2 to 12 inches out of this storm because we think it'll be snow up north metro, freezing rain to the south, right? So that was kind of the general view. And I got to say, out of all the storms we've had, this, this one was most well predicted. There were no huge twists and turns. So Thursday... Yeah, that was wave one. Remember remember everybody, we were thinking there just wasn't a lot of moisture with that one? Yeah. Yeah. So that one did come in Thursday. The cold air came in from the east, as expected. Um, As soon as we woke up on Thursday, the east wind was blowing. What a change. Remember, it was like 45 on on Wednesday and partly cloudy. It still felt like that mild winter weather we'd had. We commented about that on air. And then we wake up Thursday, cold wind's blowing. It's already 33 to 38 degrees. So, yeah, the cold air, cold air came in and started flurrying a bit. And um, the, the precipitation seemed to change from rain to spots of freezing rain and ice pellets, but mainly snow by Thursday evening. And I know we were, we were kind of concerned there that afternoon that things were coming in maybe a little bit early. And the roads were, were actually okay there for the evening commute for the most part. Uh, I was doing a little bit of traffic, and Mark and Ann, you were in there as well. And for the most part, things were okay. And I know that there was at one point we were thinking, uh-oh, are we going to get anything at all here? And then it finally started uh, bringing some heavier precip there by the time we were hitting the late evening hours. Yeah, this was one of those events where we totally avoided a big traffic fiasco. One, because COVID, there weren't as many people on the roads. Two, everybody knew, hey, it could freeze up sometime during the commute or later. And three, it just kind of gradually froze up as we went through the evening. So, yeah, we didn't have any big issues, as I recall. All right. Then we get into Friday. Okay, so round one, you know, that evening. What what did we get? A few inches there? I think on, it was on fr- one to three inches. Not yeah. that much. Right, that Jeff, you came in Friday morning, and everything was frozen and a little bit snowy, right? Yeah, and um, I have a two-wheel drive vehicle, and I put the tire socks on, had no problems getting in. In, in most cases, like just to reiterate what you were saying, it, because of less people on the roads and uh, 
I guess a lot of uh, lead time anticipating this this the snow event coming in. Didn't have big problems out there. Yeah, so it was kind of slow. Everybody wakes up, it's frozen. The east wind's blowing. We're in the upper 20s to around 30. And uh, and actually, believe it or not, at this moment as we record this, I forget how it progressed on Friday afternoon. Did it just start snowing in the afternoon? Is that correct? Yeah. You know, we, we thought that, oh, there, we might get a few flurries here and there, maybe a few showers. There were a couple of heavier snow showers, I remember, and things got locked up on Highway 26 up there on Sylvan right. Hill. People yeah. were pulling over to the side of the road to chain up during that time. And uh, it, it, there were a couple big messes. I just want to comment. Uh, I re- recall standing there with Tony Martinez, and he was watching and commenting what was going on on Highway 26. And it's amazing how many people will stop their vehicle in a very dangerous situation and lay down on the side of the road to put their yeah. chains on. Yeah, don't I mean, do that. it's like so many things you don't do. That one is probably top of the list in terms of winter weather driving. Yeah, that seems to happen off and on here when we have those snow events. So, Brian, yeah, you know, I remember we, we, had, we had well advertised second wave is coming in on, on Friday evening. And sure enough, that precipitation was heavy Friday evening into a Saturday morning. That's when most people had the bulk of their either snow or freezing rain. That, that second wave was really juicy. Models nailed that like days ahead of time. They said, hey, we could get an inch of precipitation out of this. And, of course, that concern was, uh, and we'll get into this, uh, ice, South Metro, Heavy snow north metro, exactly where would the line be? Somebody in the middle might get a mix, so you don't get that much snow, but you're all icy, you know, glaze ice overhead. So, um, yeah, then then everything played out kind of as expected by the time we got to Saturday morning. There was a lot of snow on the ground. So up in Vancouver, we got a lot of snow. There was this line that went right through the heart of the city. I remember at times at the station, we were getting freezing rain. At times, we were getting some snow. And then you go farther south, and that Friday night, we started to see the power outages and uh, the cell towers and all that stuff going down in some of the spots down in the Central Valley and South uh, Marion County and those areas as well. So uh, that happens. Okay, then we all wake up on Saturday morning. A lot of a lot of people woke up to quite a bit of snow. Yeah, there was a, a lot of snow up north. And I do remember, I think Friday night was the night where we were concerned um, we could see freezing rain, liquid raindrops all the way up to the airport, even into South Vancouver. And that was a big stressor for forecasters at that moment was, oh, are we hardly going to get any snow in the city? That was it. And we're going to freezing rain now. But no, that, that line kind of moved north. And then during the late evening, it moved south. We were watching that on our Timbers cam. By the time we got to late that night, which means like partway through Jeff's day, um, it was snowing heavily uh, in much of the metro area, at least during that morning commute. Well, yeah. there was no commute, but Saturday morning, everybody got like basically kind of like, the backside came through and we got some snow with that. I thought everybody it was really interesting, like uh, the freezing rain. I mean, it was just dumping rain and 28 degrees at my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, having not ever really experienced an ice storm myself, that was remarkable to see that and how quickly it just glazed everything over and everything was just covered in ice. Uh, the windows of my house were covered in ice. I mean, everything. And at the same time, it was all snow on the far east side. I dr- we'll get to this later, but storm stories. But I drove through all heavy snow out on the far east side where the cold air was thicker. So then the third wave, Brian, um, that was on. Well, so it was kind of quiet, actually. Saturday day, Saturday night, Sunday morning. There was some light precipitation. As I recall, there might have been another inch or so of snow Sunday morning. Yes, for there some was folks. Yeah. another inch. Yep. Um, and so, you know, the cold air cooled a little bit above. And then the final push, once we got to Sunday morning, models nailed this part saying, okay, it's way too warm above. We're going for a 5,000 foot freezing level overhead. Everything's going to be liquid. And that was the case all day Sunday. 
and it turned heavier Sunday night into Monday morning. But the big difference there was Sunday night into Monday morning, we had come up to, that was a night, I think we were sitting here at 34 degrees, 33, 34 on the west side of town, the stations at Cornell and 26, and there was no additional icing here. But as soon as you go um, up to kind of your neighborhood, Jeff, the southwestern area, south metro, and then into the east metro, it was all freezing rain. That, that's where extremely heavy glazing a second time down in those areas like West Lynn and Oregon City. And even out in the gorge, west end of the gorge, it was freezing rain with that Sunday night event as well. The station gives us the opportunity to stay at a hotel next to the station or go home if we feel it's safe. So I was at the hotel next to the station Saturday night into Sunday morning. Went home for a few hours during the day Sunday after my shift was over, and that's when the steady drizzle was falling, and it was all freezing rain on our side of town, and I didn't have to wait too long to realize that all the snow was getting hard, and ice was accumulating accumulating out front. That's when I tried to move my car. It was stuck in ice, Um, (laughs) and my neighbor actually had to give me a ride back to the station Sunday uh, afternoon, and that's when- I had to take another night at the hotel Sunday night because the east side just got slammed. And I I don't want to downplay what happened down south during the first freezing freezing rain event. I mean, uh, folks down in the central Willamette Valley, out toward Oregon City, um, wide areas saw an inch to an inch and a half of ice, which we'll get into the model part in a second. But uh, it doesn't take a lot of ice accumulation to cause major problems. A quarter of an inch is really all you need. Yeah, and before we get into the ice, and why don't you tell us what our snow totals were in a few uh, few cities here around the Portland metro area, if you got that in front of you. Yes, I've got the snow totals. Um, again, as we've all alluded to here, biggest totals northward up towards Vancouver and, and further north and then out towards the gorge and the east side. So uh, Cascade Locks, I think, was our big winner at 23 inches. Mark's Ooh. house got 13.5. And, Which is uh, in Corbett. Corbett, yes. Oh, that was can me. we can we uh, add the address as well, real quick? <laughs> How about we not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the NWS office. This was just the 11th to the 13th here, so this was seven at the at this point seven point eight inches. But I think we we got more than that, correct? Ten point one was the final, yeah. Okay, ten point one was the final, uh, and then about four and a half inches out in Bethany, Salmon Creek picked up over a foot at about fourteen inches. And then everywhere south, we had about four inches in Lake Oswego. And then, again, further south, that's where we had most of that icing. And what about those icing numbers? Those are amazing. Yes, we've got those. We uh, made a special ice graphic for that. Uh, we never had. We've never. We, just yesterday, yeah. it's like we'd, we've never made a graphic like that. We've never it's, made an ice graphic. No, I mean, we I guess we've had, we've had it in the for the gorge, maybe, maybe, but not for the valley. Yeah. What, so what did we get, Ann? So we had uh, about an inch and a quarter down towards Canby, Wilsonville, Oregon City, Westland. And then, uh, yeah, even further south down towards Salem, an inch of ice up to an inch and a quarter of ice. So. Those were our big totals there in uh, portions of Clackamas County and Marion County. And Amazing. only about a three-fourths of an inch of ice out towards well, downtown Portland, depending on where you are, and uh, the NWS office. I had about three-quarters three of an inch of ice on top of the um, 13 inches of snow and no damage. Because out at the west end of the gorge in the east metro, that's where we typically get ice storms, so that's not such a big deal. But I just cannot believe the pictures and the, 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 the ice accumulations. One and three quarters, um, somebody showed me a picture, looked like almost two inches, like West Lynn, Oregon City, 
across to Tualatin and I saw a car encased in ice and it's like I've hardly ever seen that even in the west end of the gorge. So to have that much ice in places that almost never get an ice storm, absolutely amazing. That's why we've seen such a devastation. And you, you talked about that on the last, last podcast, how like, you know, a half inch of ice could cause a lot of damage and we got even uh, you know double that or even triple that in some spots uh how did the models do you guys i I know that uh we we forecasted this pretty well overall and we could have the models to thank for that boy let me let me talk about the big picture leading up to it it's interesting on, on one of the weather groups one of the facebook groups somebody put up a poll and said which model do you think did best and as meteorologists we should know and it's easy for us to have biases biases there's a biases Biases. But anyway, biases, thank you. <laughs> I want to say biases. But anyway, um, you know, vast majority said, oh, GFS did better. And I'm like, what? Is this some alternate reality? But I think what people are saying, but so basically leading up to this event, I mostly use the Euro and the Euro EPS, which is the ensemble forecasting, because sometimes the Euro would flip a little, you like it show a little warming Sunday. It's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So leading up to it, the Euro always had, almost always had the line of rain and snow somewhere in the metro area. That's the big picture. Whereas the GFS and the GEM model, this is Canadian, often had cold air much farther south, um, you know, significant snow all the way to Salem. Um, and so that, so I kind of followed the whole time that Euro was kind of showing the line across here. Now, what, now I think what people are saying is they're saying, wait a minute, well, the Euro showed two or three inches for, for two or three days, Monday and Tuesday in, in Portland at the Portland airport. Well, the problem was it moved the line around slightly, but a slight southward movement. And that's what happened later on as we got closer to the event, the Euro brought, said, hey, okay, the cold air is gonna be a little bit farther south. So that brought PDX into the 10 or 14 inch range. And so I look at it as the big picture, hey, the Euro showed that line across us. Most of the time you can argue about, okay, at, at times it tried to shove the warm air a little too far north too quickly at the end of the event, but, um, it's served us well. When I looked at all those blog posts, we, we, we honed in on the event as we got close. But, um, yeah, you could argue any one spot, like, wait, the GFS did better in Vancouver. Well, that, that would be true. And, Jeff, I, I know that you were you were really eyeballing those uh, ice ice models here last week. And, you know, we were kind of laughing about them because we thought, oh, no way are we going to get over an inch of ice. But sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. What did you see last week and what ended up happening? We were kind of looking at the QPF, a quantitative precipitation forecast. We were expecting one to two inches of precipitation if it was all rain. Uh, so we were looking at individual uh, you know, parameters, the snowfall output, the, the freezing rain and ice output. And consistently, and we're talking about the Euro here, that higher resolution European, European model, was really eyeballing the southern Tualatin Valley down toward the central Willamette Valley up into the coast range wasn't necessarily picking up on necessarily the east side of I-5, Oregon City, West Lynn, uh, but really honed in and it was putting out one plus inch of ice. And I know we had some back and forths. That would be a lot of ice. Let's maybe downplay that a little bit and say, if we were to get a quarter to half an inch of ice, we're going to have power outages. So that was kind of the game plan. Uh, but sure enough, uh, it nailed it. And I think um, it just in a long-term like just perspective thing, if we were to think about future events and if we have enough cold air in place and the profile, the atmospheric profile is that way, we have to always remember how much moisture we get up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's always possible to have a big ice event, even west of the Cascades, out of the gorge, um, and they can be much more impactful, too. I, I'm just going to go out aw- away from the models really quick. Uh, 
the fact that we have so many trees around here, uh, ice storms play out a little bit differently than they do in the plains um, where they don't have as much uh, wooded area. So um, I think we just need to keep that in mind in the future uh, that we have so much available moisture coming in from the Pacific that if we have the right atmospheric profile, we can have big ice events. You know, uh, that ice contributed to a lot of power outages. We saw them really rolling in there on Friday night when all that precip was coming in. I was stayed up till like 2 o'clock in the morning because I was still buzzing. You know, you, you get that <laughs> adrenaline rush after yep. shows. Even if you've worked a 12-hour day, you're still like, ugh, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> just like to, that. Try to calm down a little bit. But I kept an eye on the power outages, and they just kept going up and up. And they were at 100,000, then 150, then 175. And I'm thinking, wow, 175. That's a lot of people without power. Well, the peak, we just found out today from PGE, the peak power outage uh, total was 350,000. 350,000. That's an all-time high for them. Uh, And that occurred on Monday morning after that kind of last round of of freezing rain. And as the ice was falling off the trees and all that stuff, more trees were falling over. They said that they were... uh, they were getting more power outages than they were turning people on at that point. So uh, just crazy, crazy numbers. And there's still, I just checked a few minutes ago, 145,000 customers without power. So, and these are customers, keep in mind, 350,000 customers is like, you know, maybe there's a customer is a business or a customer is a house, you know, that has four people in it potentially. And, uh, yeah, so this is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps millions of people. This will be the sixth night that some people are out of power down in the valley. You know, after that's that- a long time. I think it gets I think it's novel at first. I remember being without power uh, when I was a kid. It's kind of fun for the first couple of nights. And then it's cold and then it gets <laughs> mm-hmm. annoying and it's dark, dark at 530. And then it's like, what do I do tonight? You know, you want to play the same board game that we played the fast four nights <laughs> or are we just going to go to bed at six o'clock? Yeah. Before that second wave of uh, freezing rain and ice hit the metro area, a buddy of mine who works for PG&E, not PGE, but PG&E down in San Francisco, uh, let me know that they were sending crews up to help restore power, central Willamette Valley, and other parts that got hit by the first wave of ice. So going into the second ice storm, an ice storm warning, uh, back in my mind, I knew that our the crews were already strained as it was. And then to add insult to injury, we had another, what was it, couple hundred thousand people without power. Just, what Mark, like as far as like history goes, when was the last time you remember a one-two punch of ice storms and snow in there as well? We've had them, but not over as wide of an area or in a different part of the metro area. Like in 96, we had two ice storms back to back, but it only affected like from downtown east. So maybe it was like, I don't know, 140,000 people were out. Or or in January 79, January 80, there were were these uh, two well-known, like uh, it happened on the same date. I think it was January 9th, both years. And it was, you can look at the numbers, it's like 140 to 170, which nowadays would be like 300, I suppose, because, you know, there weren't as many customers back then. But um, that's probably the last time, those two events are the last two times I can think of, at least ice-related. I was um, on one of our weather groups, somebody was taught, had done some research and thinks that in the valley, at least, North Valley, not the metro, but in the North Valley, um, this may have been the biggest ice storm since 1942. There was some huge event like this in 1942. So that goes back 
80 mm. years. Wow. I know of nothing like this in, in anywhere in the Willamette Valley since at least the 1970. So that goes back, well, 50 years. Incredible. So this was truly a historic and catastrophic event. You know, this also solidifies to me, if I can say it, um, and I, I saw this on a blog post from a few years ago, we never have an ice storm in the entire metro area at once. And you're like, well, why not? Well, because if it's deep enough cold air and it's cold enough to get ice all the way down into the North Valley, that means the cold air mass is deep enough to be snow like East Metro or North Metro like we saw this time. So then you, you would have a big ice storm like we saw this time, but it's more snow to the North and East. Whereas if you have a major ice storm, East Metro and may, maybe even to Vancouver, um, then the cold air probably isn't reaching down into the valley because the cold air is pretty thin over on the east side. Yep. So, and, and actually, one other thought. This one I just thought of, brand new. Um, I was thinking I have not seen like a historic snow or a historic ice event west of the West Hills, like down here where our station is out to Hillsboro, North Plains, and Forest Grove. I don't think. I think it's almost impossible to get something massive on the west side of the metro, the lowlands, the Tualatin Valley. Because in my career in 20, well, 20, oh gosh, now it's 30, 30 years, I've never seen a, I mean, yeah, I've seen a foot of snow. I don't think I've ever seen more than a foot of snow in the lowlands like Hillsboro, Beaverton. And I've never seen a devastating ice storm out on this side of town, which is kind of interesting. Very interesting. How about that? Huh. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was tough on the roads for sure, and especially tough uh, as you start to work your way over to the east side. I-205 was a mess. I, I was uh, doing traffic there a Friday night, and there were a bunch of people couldn't even get off the off-ramps. Uh, I-84 had jackknife semis. Even even in the Hollywood District exit, even on exit 1 on I-84, there was a jackknife semi. And then you work your way out towards the Columbia River Gorge. Well, they had to shut down I-84 from Troutdale all the way out to Hood River. That state closed through, uh, well, at least through Sunday, if I remember right. And yeah. then they closed down SR-14 as well. There was no uh, getting through the Columbia River Gorge on the Washington or on the Oregon side. And, Mark, I know that you drove home. You're, you're <laughs> crazy for doing it. So it went well that first yeah. go-round, and then what happened uh, the second go around. I decided to stay at the hotel because it was the uh, fancy uh, Hilton Garden Inn. That I'm, I'm joking, it was fine. The station provides that. And so I stayed the first night. Then the second night, I'm like, there were two things going on. One was I knew it wasn't freezing rain out there. I knew it was kind of heavy snow and I knew it would be drifting a bit. But my son was going to be an hour ahead of me because he works up on the mountain and he was coming home. So he met me at the school there, uh, up there in Corbett where I live. But, um, you know, there's kind of that thrill of driving through a snowstorm. No. This was the most I'd ever seen, though, where... Um, it's like skydiving, I'm sure, right? It's a the Subaru commercials where this little this car is just plunging through these you know waist high <laughs> drifts, and there's this puff of white. Except it was dark, and all like my son would be ahead of me, and you'd be driving on bare pavement. And then also all of a sudden, poof, he disappears, and I assume he hasn't stopped, and I go through it as well. And um, and somebody even tried to go around us when I almost almost got stuck, but it was dry snow, so you know the car could work its way through that. And somebody went around us and got stuck over on the left side. So. Um, yeah, so I did make it home that night. It was okay, but it was a bit much. It, it, if we're going to have a foot of snow, that's a bit much even for that Subaru. And the next night I did get stuck because then we got the freezing rain and it was a mess. But, um, yeah, that was some rough driving. It is nice. There is something to be said for being in your own bed, waking up to your own coffee, your kitchen, your cats, your wife, your kids. You know, I agree you, know, you kept saying that. that over and over again. And Ann and I were like, Are, is this guy crazy for going? I mean, it's, there's a foot of snow. What is he thinking? 
And then when he got stuck, Ann and I were like, of course he got stuck. Of course he did. <laughs> and how I, did you get out of there? My son, that was the second day or third day after things were softening up. And my son with his forerunner, he got stuck too. So we were both stuck on our country road. I'm standing there with a suit and my brown shoes like, hey, come oh. and pick me up. I got to get to work. Um, here's this chief meteorologist standing in the woods on the side of a road that nobody's on. But he did get himself unstuck and he worked his way up the hill. Great vehicle. He said... Um, he said his uh, his forerunner has uh, has totally owned now my Subaru. So, yeah. <laughs> and he made two hundred dollars. Yes, and yes, oh, you paid true. him two hundred bucks. He did. And you're, you're like, who pays this kid? Here's man a, paid here's a deal. I put out a plea on the yeah. I put out a plea on our local <laughs> Facebook group saying, please, can anybody give me a ride? I'm going to be in trouble if I don't get to work. And uh, I, I mentioned that amount of money, and then he brought that up and said, did you say 200 And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So he did have to come back twice. So he drove three hours that day. But um, it stayed in the family, so it's kind of like college help. <laughs> That's my that. story. What do you guys have? What are your storm stories? What about you, Ann? Storm stories, hashtag. Um, I guess my stories are, well, two things. First of all, today when I was driving in, I feel like the driver's I think drivers in Oregon are not the smartest. We don't drive very fast, which I guess Ooh. is okay. But I felt like today, no one had any idea what they were doing on the roadways. And we had no issue. It was just wet roadways. Like, obviously, everything is melting. But I feel like during the storm, it was probably better people on the road than they were out there today. It was insane. <laughs> I was just, I couldn't handle it. I was really angry. I was like road rage angry. Um, so, so what you're saying, Anne, is all the every, all the experienced people are out during the storm, so not yeah. so bad. But all the all the uh, yahoos come idiots. out afterwards. Are like, <laughs> wow, I would harsh see if crowd. I could come out. So harsh. Okay. Um, okay no, my my beef has to do with the roadways being quote plowed. Um, <laughs> I took a video. I was out with one of our photographers working Sunday night. I took a video Southwest Portland. Um, you know, right in the the downtown area by like the Under Armour field taking a video and I was just like, hey, look at the roads, like just doing my social media business. And I was like, these roads aren't plowed because literally in the car, I, I don't think I've ever been that nauseous from sitting in the backseat of a car, but we were going up and down and up and down all through this thick snow that was still left on the roadways that were supposedly plowed. Um, so I tweeted that and then uh, Peabot wasn't so happy with me. Oh. And, and they called me out about it because they claimed that those roads were plowed. And what I didn't realize, so to their credit, I guess, they like to keep like a, a good amount of snow on the on the roadways. They don't like to go down to the asphalt because that can ruin the roadways. So they leave a certain amount and their goal is to plow the road so that a front wheel drive car can get through. But uh -huh. I don't think all the roads were plowed for a two front wheel drive car. It was just, I was just, at that point, probably like, you know, when you were working several days in a row, I was just over it. And I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> like, whatever you enough. say. I mean, it's just different, I guess, in Ohio, which I understand. We don't get snow a lot around here. We don't have, you know, all the resources and whatnot. But I disagree. I agree to disagree with them about that. <laughs> That's my beef. That was a good story. Yeah. That was a great story. How about you, Jeff? Um, you know, I would say... The entire time I was driving, I was in good shape. I have a front-wheel drive vehicle. I had the Les Schwab tire socks on. And it's funny because when I talk about these tire socks with friends that don't live in the Pacific Northwest, they're like, what in the world are those? Um, they must be unique to Les Schwab. 
Um, and if you think about the West Coast, they don't have to use tire socks a lot down south because it doesn't snow very often in the lowlands at all. But Mark, Can I stop you? Yeah, go for it. Um, we do sign a plugola payola thing, so <laughs> yeah, if I you feel say like Les Schwab again... Les Schwab tires. That's not what I'm trying to do here. The Fox 12 Weather Podcast brought to you by <laughs> Les Schwab and Toyota. <laughs> but not Subaru. Okay. Not Subaru. Some, some companies' tire socks really were effective for me. No. Um, so, yeah, uh, my vehicle is not prepared to drive in the snow on its own. So I did pretty well. But um, as I uh, reiterated, or as I mentioned earlier, that second wave of freezing rain um, – it hit a little bit early and my vehicle got stuck in my driveway, which was pretty much, I, you know, I carved out uh, some, some tracks for my car, uh, but then the, the, the glaze over it didn't bode well for me. Uh, so my neighbor took me to work that day. Um, unfortunately, that was Valentine's Day, okay? My fiance, oh, yeah. my fiance had to stay home for the freezing rain event in Southwest Portland. Um, we lost power about two hours after I left. And she wasn't thrilled. Then, you know, everything started getting glazed and the trees started dropping their big branches. Uh, it was very loud around here from what I'm, from what I'm being told. Um, next door neighbor's house dropped a massive branch on a power line that went right down into the road. Um, so it knocked out power across most of the neighborhood. And uh, fiance had to sleep in the basement that night because it wasn't very <laughs> safe to be up on the first floor with you know, other trees dropping big branches. Next day was her birthday. Um, so that wasn't good timing oh either. Uh, and I was over, I was on the other side of town staying in the hotel. Uh, so was able to get home that day. You know, I would say I don't have any big stories in terms of driving, uh, but I think like everybody kind of just stops what they're doing with their lives when we get a snow or ice event because they don't have it happen every year. And when the big ones happen, like what we just experienced, it's like, very impactful, especially when you lose power. And, uh, you know, my thoughts go to everybody that is still without power or didn't have power for four or five days. Uh, that That's really tough. And um, that's kind of just how, you know, from my perspective, a lot went down in the studio as well. It was, it was interesting covering it. But we have, you know, from our morning side team to our evening team, midday, we have, we have everybody uh, – Everybody is very capable, and I think we did a really good job uh, covering this. You know, you brought up a good point, Jeff. Do you realize, I've never done this before, if you can't get to the store for Valentine's Day because, you know, there's an ice or snowstorm going on, if you go to a one-stop shopping store, for example, and you notice the day after Valentine's Day, everything is 50% off. So that's, I got flowers yesterday, took them home, and my wife, she's kind of like me, she's like, well, that's a great idea, we should always do this. Here's the thing, so Mark. So go the day after Valentine's Day. You got him on discount? Yeah, 50% off. Oh I don't gosh. do full price, Ann. Oh Mark, I saw that we had some problems coming, so I got my <laughs> Valentine's Day shopping in on Wednesday. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. I was afraid I was going to be stuck across town for multiple days. Um, so, Mark, Which you don't you have were, any excuse. Of. We're meteorologists here. Like, yeah, Sheila is cutting you a break over there. <laughs> She's frugal as well. <laughs> okay. My uh, my family, we we were, uh, you know, I got two little kids. They're six and three, and so we we were playing in the snow. They wanted to play in the snow, but it was it was pretty icy. We had this big hill uh, at a park, Ooh, you know, fast. You, yeah, <laughs> it was it was let's, you know, it was a little faster than expected on this hill. And uh, you know, my wife I, my wife and the kids were a little ahead of me. She's got the sled with them. 
and she she kind of lets it lets go of it, and that sled just starts rocketing down the hill with the two wow. kids. <laughs> it's just it's going down so fast, and you know I'm kind of uh, all you can do is stand there and watch as yeah. it as it goes rocketing down the hill. Oh no! And we're yelling bail out, bail out, but they don't know what that means. <laughs> bail out. <laughs> They eject. They didn't hit a tree or anything like that, so we're oh all good. And, and they oh. were. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. Of I course, bet. you know. I meanwhile, bet. you know, uh, the, our, their lives flash before our <laughs> eyes as we watch them rocketing down the hill. Remind me of that scene in Christmas Vacation, where you know he he, yes. he yeah he lubricates up the sled and just goes down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that was fun though, playing in the snow with the kids. And we had kind of a mix of snow and ice here. We had a, a couple of big trees go down uh, for, with the neighbors, but, uh, where it was crazy was yesterday I was down in, in Gladstone covering, uh, the power outages down there and I've never seen so much uh, tree damage all up and down I-5, you know, dozens and dozens of trees, you know, laying next to the side of the road. And then at, out in Gladstone, it was every single block had, you know, at least three giant trees down and huge, enormous branches. We're talking old growth trees, you know, that have been around for 50, 100 years. Crazy stuff out there. So a lot of cleanup will take place over the course of the next several weeks here. Can I just make a comment? You don't necessarily think that um, freezing rain and ice events can change the landscape of a region. You think more in terms of like a flooding event, a hurricane, a tornado. Um, it's amazing what those ice, those heavy ice storms can do. I mean, just to drop so many trees and how eerie it is hearing them, you know, crack initially yeah. and then just coming down. It, amazing stuff. And just to so, peel back the curtain really quick, Mark, I know we we had a bunch of food at the station here this time around. Okay, we got to talk about the yeah. food uh, because, so, you know, usually we're stuck in there and then they, yeah. they get food for us. Yeah, um, and in the past, it'd be like, hey, we ordered some pizza, and it sits there for a day or two, and you eat it. And it's like, okay, thank you. We'll, 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 <laughs> I mean, we'll be okay. And this time, it was a little bit different. God bless Mary, but she went out, she went to Costco, and she, I mean, the freezer was full of stuff, and the refrigerator was full of stuff, and uh, there was all sorts of variety of food. And apparently, some of us liked it more than others, because I know I had a Philly cheesesteak, and I had a, a couple of those Angus cheeseburgers, but um, yeah. What? Jeff, Jeff didn't find any of this stuff. Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, yeah, we were hiding it from him. You didn't look in the freezer. <laughs> apparently, Jeff didn't know the freezer was full of stuff as well. Sorry I about that, either. those four days. Sorry, yeah, buddy. I, I think you just ate all the Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> they also had these nice chicken Mexican bowl things. Oh. And they had like these uh, Vietnamese faux uh, stuff. Oh, that Are went out kidding? like the first day. That ran out. Yeah, people Those, eat that, that stuff soup, quickly. Yeah, or the man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Jeff really missed out. Right. Um, so note to self: was, open all compartments of the break room. Yes. Yep. You missed out yep. there. Oh, and actually, remember we had the we have like a, a company that comes in and normally has like these uh, food food in these little uh, freezer or fridge things. You know, fresh foods you can get like yogurt or whatever. And I think that was just a few days before the event started, where it went out. And so all the there was a note on there saying food has been at seventy degrees for days. So some of that stuff was just kind of lingering in there. And, um, don't, eat it. Brian, don't eat the egg salad sandwich, right? Ew, gross. <laughs> Brian has a case of nuts in here, and I think I ate like half of those. Oh, geez, really? Yep, you have fewer nuts now. I think this, this is like Great. the second time that Brian's we, nuts has made an appearance on our I podcast. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's an They're ongoing okay. thing. <laughs> uh, you guys got anything else before we go? Uh, can't wait for summer. I think... <laughs> yeah. Here's a big picture. 
So we had an incredibly boring winter. When I go back and recap this winter, assuming nothing else is coming, I don't see any good chance for anything you know, through the next uh, 10 days here. But when we look back, it's going to be like, wow, that was a boring winter. We had a wind and, wind and rain event kind of in mid-January. We had a close call with snow in early February. And we had one huge event. Amazing how that anybody now will remember this winter of that huge event, even though it was pretty quiet and mild for the whole winter otherwise. Crazy, huh? Uh, while we're on that subject really quick, uh, at least we're getting our power back. I feel for the people out in Texas who are like, it's like the entire yeah. state is getting just hammered by these power outages. So um, I'm just thankful that the, the utility workers are out there getting things done. Yes. Kudos to them and all the, uh, the frontline workers on this storm. And everybody be safe out there. We got ourselves a wet week ahead. I hope you got a chance to enjoy today, which was mainly dry. But, um, yeah, lots of rain coming our way here over the course of the next week. Right, guys? Yep. It was a wild week, and I hope everybody is uh, staying safe out there. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll have another podcast for you coming up here uh, midweek next week. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks, Brian. See ya. Do you have a weather question? Call 503-548-6484 and leave a message. It could be featured on a future episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Fox 12 Weather Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Head to kptv.com for the latest forecast and weather information for your area.